Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What is going on, everybody? Playoffs, playoffs, or as Jim Mora would say, playoffs. They're here. Let's rock and roll, baby. A uh, lot going on on this show. Actually, you know, we're, we're going to focus. The Texans just hired a general manager. Their quarterback, just rumors are kind of flying. I have some quick thoughts there. Then what I did is I wrote down every playoff game. Instead of doing a three for the money, I'm just going to pick. Actually, what I'm going to do I don't really love any of the games this week. I, I like betting on actually two. But the the other, we're just going to go game by game, basically Saturday through Sunday, and the first thing that comes to my mind, and just hit on just my take on the game. And we'll, we'll kind of fly through that. Some things that I'm hearing in the coaching carousel world, uh, and then Justin Fields, because I won't, you guys won't hear from me until Tuesday after the national championship game. So I, I just, some things on Justin Fields, just draft talk, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for it. And when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, they just, uh, they excite me. I like talking to top quarterbacks in the draft. Of course, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff. Instagram, DMs, wide open. Get your uh, question answered here on the on the uh, podcast. For any of you that have left a, uh, a review on the pod, three and out podcast, subscribe to it. Greatly appreciate it. For those of you that haven't, please go do it. Could use it. It would help. So before we get into the playoff games, I wanted to start with the Houston Texans situation. They just hired Nick Casario, who had been with the Patriots forever, who uh, 
who's like a skinny, jacked version of Belichick, super serious. I always said we used our, our box at the Combine in Philadelphia. Felt like a couple of years was always next to New England, and you look over there, and we're slamming pastrami sandwiches. I mean, working. You, you work, you know, 18-hour days. But you, you could at least have conversations in there, and you'd look and see the New England guys. Not a peep is being said. Serious as a heart attack. Casario, Belichick. I ran into Casario. I don't know him. I've never met him. But just a couple times walking around. He just looks very, very serious. Just classic New England guy. And as Schefter reported, he's one of the highest paid general managers in the league. And I think that's around like $5 million. You know, I think that the average rate for GM is probably two to two and a half. Low paid guys, you know, high six. Most of them probably made over seven figures. And uh, now, you know, the high paid guys are four or five million dollars. So it's still, you know, half as much as a lot of coaches. Coaches make way more. But, you know, you make three, four, five million dollars. It's good, good coin. They are kind of going back to the well. And I, th- I think a lot of times when you break up with someone, when you have a bad professional breakup, when you have a bad personal breakup, you take some things from that breakup, but you also kind of look for the opposite. It happens a lot with a coach, right? You have an asshole coach, you look for a friendly coach. You have a friendly coach, you look for an asshole coach. Same with looking for a new girlfriend. You just you look for things that were the opposite of the reason you just broke up. Same with the business breakup. Things that didn't work, you start trying to find what the reasons it didn't work and look for the opposite. It's human nature. Yet the Houston Texans, who just had a New England-style operation with Bill O'Brien, think about some of the guys he had there. Mike Vrabel, New England guy. Romeo Cornell, New England guy. Obviously, Bill O'Brien. I remember when he got hired at Penn State. He made uh, he made everyone on staff. I think it was Michael Hawley's book. Wrote a Patriot Reign. Made everyone read that book and kind of broke down stuff that he wanted done. And clearly, he carried it over to to the Houston Texans. And I think Bill O'Brien is known in league circles. He's kind of a dick, you know, kind of a crazy, just crazy dude. And it clearly eventually rubbed people the wrong way there. Now. I defended them. It did kind of work. They went to the playoffs four times. Won the division four times. They had home playoff games. Now, it wasn't championships or AFC championship games, but it was still pretty good for a franchise that's been around, what, not even 20 years? But they're going back to New England, guys. So you hire Nick Casario. What what do you think he's going to bring? Like some Pete Carroll-level style? Like, he is going to bring, he has been Bill Belichick's Right-hand guy. That is what he knows. Now, you could say Bill O'Brien actually knew a lot more. He had been around other places, had been on his own. I go to Nick Casario's Wikipedia page. He started working for the Patriots in 2002. So basically the last 20 years, all he knows is New England. Knows nothing else. Now he has six Super Bowl championships. He has been there almost two decades. But you're just you're just going back to New England. And one thing is consistently clear. Someone texts me, and I, I saw Colin actually used it. I, I kind of want some royalties every time my guy Goulet uses my takes. It wasn't even my take. It was a guy in the league. So do you know the funny thing about all these New England guys getting jobs? 
no franchise utilizes the scouting department less during the draft process. Guys are constantly begging to get out of there. When I was fired from the Philadelphia Eagles, I was replaced by a New England scout. Why? Because he desperately wanted to get out of there. New chip or whatever. He wanted. He left the New England Patriots. That would have been like 2013. Think about that. To go to Chip Kelly. I mean, they won like three more Super Bowls in the next five years. Who would have been smart to stay? But no one wants to stay. Because it's miserable. They don't give a shit what you think. So when these guys... And listen, I know John Robinson, and he was there for a long time. The Tennessee Titans GM, I think he's good. But I think he's got a little bit different personality than some of these other guys. Like Bob Quinn was god-awful. And when you hire a general manager, unlike when you hire a coach, if I'm going to hire Arthur Smith, let's say, or Brian Dayball, or Robert Sala, I think those three guys are good examples. They work on a coaching staff, right? Robert Sala's head coach is the coordinator and an offensive guy. So the defense is his baby. When I look at Arthur Smith, I go, he's the offensive coordinator. His head coach is not only the defensive coordinator, but he's a defensive guy. So I know the offense, He, I can tangibly feel when he's calling a game, that's what he's doing, right? Same with Robert Sala. Same with Brian Dable. Sean McDermott, defensive coordinator, defensive-minded guy. He's not technically the coordinator of the Bills, but you know what I'm saying. So I know for a fact what they're doing. I think that's the question with Biennemi. It's like, how much is Andy doing? I don't think anyone knows the answer, except Biennemi, Andy, and like Mahomes. But I know for a fact with those three guys, for example, what they're doing. Also, it's why I think people have been bullish lately on the Alabama coordinators. Well, I know Nick's a defensive guy at his heart. Yells at those guys. But the offense is Sarks, Lanes, McElwain's, whoever. They, we, I know they're running it. When I hire a personnel guy, like I've, I worked with Veach. I'd worked with Howie. I'd worked with Grigson. Like I knew I had takes on how they were evaluators or how they'd be as, you know, Howie was the GM. But like Veach, he was good. Grigson, not so good. Like you just kind of know. But I can't tell you when I see all these names about Seattle, if I never worked for Seattle, I got no clue what they think of players. I know what ultimately John Schneider and Pete Carroll think. But unless you've worked with any of these guys, you don't know. Casario could be great. He could be really shitty. He's been there for 20 years. I, I, have Has Belichick listened to him? Of course he has. But like, has ever he personally drafted a guy in the first couple rounds? I, who knows? No one knows. That's what's so scary about hiring these guys. And just a GM in general. Because usually, if they're not a former GM... You don't know what they're... Everything's on references. Everything's on, yeah, this guy's a really high-level guy. Is is he smart? Is this guy a hard worker? Of course he is. Is he going to be a good general manager? Scott Pioli is one of the most hyped general manager candidates slash hirings of the last couple decades and was an utter failure. Bob Quinn, hype guy in the, in the organization, was god-awful. So I, I just look back at some of these guys when they leave Bill... Because when you leave Bill, you've never actually done anything. He does all the work, and he doesn't care what you think. Now, maybe Casario's different, but what the hell's the difference between Casario and Pioli? Their personalities? Well, I mean, you, I, from what I... Casario's really, really intense, serious guy. Kind of like Pioli was back in the day. When he left the Snickers wrapper 
if any of you remember that story, on the stairwell. And then when these rumors come out about Deshaun Watson, here's what I do know. They've played the Houston Texans several times over the last handful of years, the Patriots. Casario is going to have Belichick's scouting report on what he thinks of Deshaun Watson. And do I think he's going to trade Deshaun Watson? No. Do I think it's a possibility? Of course, because anytime you have a new GM, they don't even have a coach yet, depending on what the head coach thinks, everything's always on the table. And you factor in, they suck, they have no picks, they have no money because of the salary cap, like, you kind of got to press reset. So the Houston Texans might be the toughest job of them all. Now, you could argue they do have a quarterback. I'm just saying it's a, it's a challenging situation. It's one positive as a quarterback. And I, I just think everything's on the table. The Patriots preach value. And they don't have any picks. They don't have any money. And the quarterback, who just had a career year, and I'm not blaming Deshaun Watson, but they didn't win when he was balling. So how do you get a complete team? Well, you need assets. They don't have any. Now, do I know that Casario has the ability to pull this off? I don't. Because like most Belichick guys, I, do I even know that he knows what he's doing? I don't. Do the Texans? They do not either. Now, clearly, Easterby, the preacher man, who now they have represented by the same agents. I didn't know preachers have agents. But it kind of feels like a New England little coup here again. I'm sure they're going to bring in... I, I thought Josh McDaniels, but I saw Charles Robinson of Yahoo tweeting Brian Dable. They're going to bring in a New England guy. They're basically going to do what they just did with Bill O'Brien. They, they, the, the New England guys all attempt to do the same stuff. That's what kind of makes Vrabel unique. He has some New England, but he's also his own guy. Because he was a player. He played for other coaches. These guys, all they know is Belichick. I, I, I think this Texan situation, I don't know what, who's going to get traded, what... You know, if Watson's going to demand, who knows? I just, I expect this thing to get a little weird and to get it a little ugly. Now, in fairness, Casario might look at you. It should get ugly. We freaking stink. I mean, we have problems. And our division is good. Titans aren't going anywhere. The Colts aren't going anywhere. The Jags now have the number one overall pick. Teams in, you know, Miami's in our conference. They got our pick. So the conference, the AFC's better than the NFC. But, you know, typically you go the opposite way and the Houston Texans just went back to the well. Little bizarre. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions. 
making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Pirelli test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, let's talk about, I don't know, the NFL playoffs. Six games, three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Here's a reality of sports. You are judged now. This is when good players, great players, become legends. This is when good players step up and become great. This is when people become household names. I was going back and forth. You know, I have some players follow me on social media platforms, and you're able to develop a texting relationship with them. And one kind of star player who you know, has made a lot of money, and he brought up a point to me one time, maybe like last year, maybe it was this offseason, I can't remember, but it was about, you know, the crazy part, this is a guy that makes a lot of money, he's like, you know, when the play- when the playoffs start, no one makes any money, everyone makes the same playoff share, so if you're a guy making $25 million, you make your $100,000 a game, or whatever, just like the backup does, and my pushback was, yeah, that's true, and that kind of sucks, But when you have success, which this player has had, you make a ton of money, right? 
Joe Montana's value since he's retired is infinitely higher because he's a legend. So will Tom Brady's, John Elway's, but it's not even just look at any positional player. Ronnie Lott, I'm just Charles Woodson, I'm just thinking of names that come to my mind. You can make a lot of money for life in your given city. Like whatever Julian Edelman made in his career, I don't know if he'll be able to make that off the field, but he can make a shit ton of money. Because every time I introduce Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, Devin McCord, I'm just thinking of the Patriot guys, three-time Super Bowl champions. Julian Edelman, I don't even know if he won a Super Bowl MVP, whatever. You make yourself, your brand, I hate that term, but the way people view, I think when we use brand, the way people view you changes during these games. Rightfully or wrongly. And usually, for the good players, it can really change their future. So yeah, you go from making $15 million. It's crazy. Like, in our line of work, and when I say R, oh, I'm talking to me and you, whatever we do for a job, typically, like, if I had a podcast, I don't think it would really work in my line of work, because all my pot, you just get paid based on how many people listen. But if you were, like, did a sales job, right, the, you, would, you get a bigger bonus on the bigger your sale is. Well, a playoff game or an AFC championship game or a Super Bowl is way more valuable to a franchise than like the the regular season in terms of their marketability, in terms of how many season how many seats they'll sell the next coming years. Yet you make way less. What if you were a sales guy doing a hundred thousand dollar deal? Well, if you if six months later you did a five million dollar deal for the company, your bonus is going to be way higher. So it is kind of crazy how that works in the playoffs, but. These guys, there's just, there's a shitload on the line. No, no way around it. Let's start with the first game. I, I think, to me, the Colts and the Bills. Like Rivers, for example. He's going to go down as an excellent player. To me, he goes down in the hall of really good. But if he could rattle off a playoff run with the Colts, all of a sudden gets him to the Super Bowl, I think we'd look at him a little bit differently. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. They're a six and a half point favorite against them or the Packers, the Bills are the hottest team in the league. Josh Allen has been remarkable. Josh Allen last year, you know, they had a big lead. Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins kind of just went to FU mode. Like, we're the best two players on this field. A little bit like like the NBA or something, right? Just two guys took over a football game. Said, it's on like Donkey Kong and we're going to kick your ass and they came storming back. Josh, remember, had that crazy play where he flipped it back. This year, it's all been sunshines and rainbows. 13-3. and three, uh, They're just red hot. Josh had an awesome season. The Diggs trade was badass. Everyone thinks Sean McDermott's a star. It's a big game, you know? I, I've been saying the Colts' defense is really good, and I heard Warren Sharp say this. He, I heard Warren Sharp say, actually, I think they're kind of overrated. And then I started thinking about, in my life, in my, in my NFL life, which I've been very close to now for over a decade. I mean, I've been a fan of the league for 30 years, but been around it very closely for a little over a decade. I've The two best defenses I've ever seen in person were the Seattle LLB teams and the Denver Bronco teams. So when I think really good defense, I think that. And both the LLB teams led, I think, the league in scoring four straight years. That Denver Bronco de- defense in like 14 and 15, DeMarcus Ware... Derek Wolf, uh, Vaughn Miller, 
Malik Jackson, their front four was stupid. Their DBs were awesome. Uh, that team was awesome. Th- th- those defenses were sweet. Like, that's an elite defense. The Colts have way too many. Look at their, like, the last eight games. Some teams have scored 30-plus on them. Like, that's not good. The Titans blew them out. They beat the Packers in that game, but wasn't the score like 28-14 at halftime? Like, great defenses don't allow that. So maybe the Colts' defense is a little bit overrated. The Colts do have a good offense when Rivers is good. Do I have faith that he's going to be good in this game? No. I typically bet against like guys like Phillip Rivers in cold situations. He doesn't have a great arm. I don't like weak-arm quarterbacks in cold weather, in windy conditions. And in place like Buffalo in January, it's not San Diego. It's not a dome. It gets very difficult. That's why I always got nervous with Peyton Manning in playoff games. I like my big-arm guys. That's why I like the Bills. Um, I like the Bills minus 6.5. Rams-Seattle. Uh, if you just told me John Walford is starting for the Rams, under no circumstances should the Seahawks lose this game. They're playing John Walford. Dude was in the AAF. That's who you're playing in a playoff game. But then you look, you go, well, it's a Corona year. There are no fans. One of the defining attributes of Seattle over the last decade, obviously defense and Russell Wilson and Pete, has been their home field. The place is nuts. They have a great fan base. No one's allowed in. So you immediately take that away. You go, well, how have they been playing? Not great. Their defense has been good, but something's off with Russell. DK Metcalf hasn't been dominating like he did the first year and a half in the league. Are people taking away, playing a bunch of cover two, taking them away? Well, here's what the Rams don't have to do. They don't have to do weird coverages. They take Jalen Ramsey, who they paid a shitload of money and traded two ones and a two four, and is arguably the best cover corner in the league, and they say Jalen, or Jalen might say, hey guys, I got 14 all game long. And they played earlier this season when the Rams won, he can take him away. It's a great matchup because he's big, physical, and he can run. He's basically the DK of corners, but he's better. So it's, that to me, I just it's hard for me to trust John Walford. So I, I'm going to take Seattle here. I would probably take the Rams in the... I think this game's going to be weird. Anytime you play a divisional team and you have a really good coach, like McVay doesn't look at Seattle like the big bad wolf, like some team that he can't beat, like Pete Carroll, some Hall of Famer, and Russell Wilson's always going to kick his ass. That's not how they view it. Can Aaron Donald just go nuts? Can they just keep this game in the teens? They give themselves a shot. If Russell's scoring and they're going off, the Rams are screwed. You've got to keep this team game low scoring. One thing the Rams have done is they've kept it low scoring. Lewis Riddick, who I had on my other podcast, me and Guy, we talked to him for like an hour. It's a really good listen. Haberman Milkoff, go check it out. He has told me, he mentioned him on the podcast. He's told me off the podcast, and I've been critical. I haven't been critical of this guy. I've just tried to temper the hype. He thinks Brandon Staley is one of the smartest guys he talked to all season long. In terms of coaching, you know, he talks to guys doing Monday Night Football, and he was he's blown away. He thinks Brandon Staley's really brilliant. And I'll give Brandon Staley credit. Like, their defense has been good. So I'll take Seattle, but I don't feel great about it. I think the, this game's weird. I got this game red flagged. Tampa-Washington. I do not have this game red flagged. I Tampa's just ex- exponentially better. Their defense is dominant. Washington and Alex Smith can't move and their offense is any good. Washington's front seven's really good, but what does Tampa do well? They can throw the ball. Godwin, Evans, I don't know. Evans is a little banged up. Antonio Brown, last game's coming on. 
That's why you signed Antonio Brown. So you go, Antonio Brown is our third wide receiver. Which is kind of crazy because he's one of the few third wide receivers that if he has a 10-catch game for 150 yards and two touchdowns, no one's even that shocked. And the GOAT likes throwing it to him. I don't see how... To me, this game has like 30-7 to written all over it. I think Tampa beats the crap out of him. I like Tampa minus 8.5 in this game. This is probably the best game. It's on ABC uh, Monday morning. Or not Monday morning. Sunday morning. Baltimore at Tennessee. The Titans are getting three points. Uh, There are several things to look at it. Arthur Smith. He has been one of the best coordinators in the league the last two years. Last year, they've they've played him twice. And Derek, they played him this year. They beat him in overtime. They played him last year in the playoff game. And Derek Henry has just gone nuts. Remember, he basically ran for 200 yards. Was like 190 or whatever last year in the playoff game. This year, he had the walk-off touchdown against him. And Vrabel and Harbaugh almost got into a fight pregame. So there's like some animosity. There's a little bit of a rivalry brewing. You know, Vrabel's kind of kicking Harbaugh's ass. Harbaugh doesn't like it. He's, you know, he's kind of a tough guy. It's just, I, I kind of like everything about this game. A couple programs that just want to kick your ass. Here's the problem for Tennessee. Defense stinks. Defense is really bad. Now, on the flip side, Lamar, in these playoff games, now he's only played in two, has not been good throwing the ball. You can throw the ball against Tennessee. So if they're ta- whoever runs the ball well in this game, both teams ideally want to run for like 250 yards. But as we know, good coaches in the playoffs take away your strength. So if they can take away the run game, can Lamar Jackson throw it on the Titans? Can he throw for 280 yards and two or three touchdowns? Because if you tell me right now Lamar throws for 288 yards and three touchdowns, I, I give the Ravens a shot to win. I think the Ravens, as a complete team, are better. But I think Tannehill, as a passer, is better than Lamar in those situations. But I think both guys want to excel on play action. And that's how these offenses work. That's why when either team is running the ball well, they usually dominate. And when you can't run the ball with these teams, it's when they struggle. This this game's pretty good. This game is not as good. Saints... Hosting the Bears, almost, it's nine and a half points. Uh, I just, I I don't trust Trubisky at all. I mean, it was terrible last week against the Packers. You see some of the, you know, you dive in on some of the analytics. And some of his yards had been yards after catch. The, the games he played the last four or five games, the strength of schedule before the Packer game was terrible. I mean, they were beating up on bad teams. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't know, man. Sean Payton versus Chuck Pagano. I don't think Chuck Pagano's any good. I, I, I do think the Bears probably be able to put some points on the board. Allen Robinson's has a fantastic season. David Montgomery's really came on. The Notre Dame rookie tight end has been good. The, the defense just is not the same. Like, I watched the Bears' defense and see a dramatic drop-off from where it was with Vic Fangio. I, I, whether it's Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, or it's going to be Drew Brees. I just don't see how the Bears stop. Like, their, their defense isn't that great anymore, which is really a problem, you know, because Mitch Trubisky is not good. So if Mitch Trubisky is just a guy, you need your defense to be good, which it was Nagy's first year. Well, now with Chuck Pagano, who's just, I just think is bad. I would expect, I, I the line's too big. I'm not, I, I wouldn't bet this game just because you could be up 17 points, 
you know, and get like a late touchdown and a two point, you know, it's just, that's a lot of points. Uh, but the Saints are going to win this game. And then the nightcap on Sunday. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. As of recording this, they don't have a coach. The Browns, right? Or really a lot of the coaching staff or their best offensive linemen. But to me, not having a coach, and we've talked about this a lot this year, you can have a great quarterback and lose a lot of games. Look at the Texans. You cannot have a good team with a terrible coach and win a lot of games. We saw the Browns last year. Basically the same roster. I know they improved the offensive line a little bit, but if I put Stefanski as the head coach of the 2019 Browns, maybe they don't win 11 games, but they win nine. Coaches make franchises. Now, you need a great quarterback. And they're like Aaron Rodgers can play with anybody. But even Mahomes like needs kind of Andy. They need each other. The Browns needed a good coach, and they finally got one. And he can't coach in the playoff game against their division rival. So, to me, I think I don't even think it's hyperbole. There has never been more pressure on a coach in the first round of the playoffs than Mike Tomlin. I'm not saying he's going to lose his job or whatever. Mike Tomlin cannot lose a, lose a game to the Cleveland Browns when they don't have a head coach. Can't do it. What would Mike Singletary say? Can't do it. Can't win with him. You have to win this game if you're Mike Tomlin. I think earlier in the week, I defended Mike Tomlin. You have some bad losses in the playoffs. Happened against the Jags. I I don't hold it against him that he couldn't beat Belichick in the playoffs. You cannot lose to the Cleveland Browns without their entire coaching staff, basically, but their offensive coordinator slash head coach who changed the franchise. It, it It would be a blemish on Tomlin's resume that would be hard to scrub off. And it would be one of the great wins in playoff history if Cleveland were to win this game without their head coach. I'm not an NFL historian in the sense before I was born. I can't imagine an NFL game has ever been played without their head coach in the playoffs. Obviously, the NFL has never been around when there's been a pandemic and these corona rules, but they are what they are and he's not around. So Mike Tomlin, I think the game opened at minus four once the information came out. The last I looked, it was six, six and a half, depending on where your book is. I don't see how the Steelers don't win this game by 10. I just, I have that little, I've, I've seen the Browns without Stefanski. It does not work. They cannot win without him. We have 20 plus years of evidence. So even recently with these similar players on the roster, it does not work. When he's there, they're competitive. When he's not there, they're a laughing stock. So it, it, I'll be the first to say it. If the Browns upset the Steelers, Without their head coach, it's one of the great playoff wins, arguably the greatest playoff win I've ever seen. That's insane. Because even some of the upsets, like Tom Coughlin and Eli beat the 07 Patriot team. They had all their fucking players. Like Strahan, Tuck, Eli. I mean, they still had Tom Coughlin. You know? Spagnola, whoever. These guys are missing their head coach. Imagine if I would have been like, you remember when Eli beat the Patriots and Tom Coughlin was at home? Think how crazy that would be. But that's not the case. Stefanski is sitting at home. Got to win. So I, I'm going to go the Steelers minus six. I would imagine that number's only going to continue to rise. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, 
and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, 
You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's dive in really quick. The coaching carousel. I'm sure many people listening, you're hoping your team will get a head coach soon. I guess, I don't know how many people, you know, there are only six job openings. Lions, Jets, Falcons, Jags, Texans. And I guess we have general managers. Well, Joe Douglas is in New York. Casario now is in Houston. And I recorded the first part before this news of Deshaun Watson that's mad he wasn't part of the process. You know, like I said, the NFL's, this isn't the NBA. Like, even if people tell you they care what you think, I don't know if they really do. Well, so... Let's say he asked, the owner asked Deshaun Watson, I don't think you should hire this guy, I want this guy. Well, if you don't want to hire that guy, you're going to do it and he's going to be extra pissed off. So you just don't ask him for his opinion. It's just kind of the way the world works. You sign the contract, you sign all this money, you know, you, you signed up for this. Once you sign a huge contract in the NFL, you've married yourself to that franchise. So you can get mad all you want, but you chose to do that. If you truly hated this franchise your first couple years, you could have made a stink. I'm not a Sean Watson fan, but I don't feel much sympathy once you sign the big contract. It's not the way the world works. It sucks. Like, you signed that contract when Bill O'Brien was your coach. I, I just... The coaching carousel, man. I mean, it's, like I said earlier this week, most important position inside your building. He's the highest paid employee, non-player. He makes more than the majority of players on your team anyway. I mean, how many NFL teams have guys making, if you hire a $10 million coach, over $10 million? Probably three or four. You actually don't have as many as you think. You have a lot of like five to $10 million players, but you actually don't have that many guys making $15 million. That's not the way the league works, especially on some of these teams. Now, the, the Falcons actually do. But from what I've been told by a couple people is, a lot of people think that Robert Sala is going to end up in Detroit. And I know he's from there. I personally think in pro sports, unlike college, like in college it matters where you're from because you're always going to gravitate toward what you're comfortable with when it comes to recruiting. That's why West Coast guys thrive on the West Coast. Pete Carroll was awesome. Chris Peterson was awesome. Bloody forever at Oregon. Tedford had a ton of success at Cal. Wilcox now at Cal. David Shaw, Southern guys. I like Southern guys in the South. Saban, Jimbo, Kirby. Like I, That's where they do their work. Now, Urban was an outlier, but I do think there's something to be said about West Coast guys, Southern guys, Northeastern guys that just feel comfortable in that area. In the pros, it does not matter. I remember when Jack Del Rio got hired for the Raiders, and everyone made this big deal that he was from, like, right down the road and grew up a Raider fan. Like, to me... I. It's cool for like the media love shit like that, but it's irrelevant. The only thing that's going to matter is, are you a good coach? You let him to the playoffs, right? Something Gruden hasn't sniffed. But Robert Sala, I think his parents still live in that area. He went to school at Central Michigan. None of that means anything. If I was Robert Sala, I would not want the Lions job. Now, if that's the only job I'm getting offered, I don't have a choice if I want to become a head coach. But your proximity to where you were born in the big leagues, a.k.a. real life, when you're talking about, it's one thing for us normal people that make normal wages, 
right? If it's like, well, I could, I'm making 90K, I could stay where I'm at, or I can move across the country for 100K. It's like, yeah, I'll just stay. But when you're making, you know, when someone offers you $25 million, we all would pack up and move wherever because it's just a short-term deal, and these coaches are nomadic regardless. But I've been told they think he's going to end up in Detroit, so I'm just going to go along with that. The other thing I've heard, which is not like breaking news, it's out there, is like the Jacksonville Jaguars job is Urban's to turn down. Now, what I've been saying all along, and I know Rap Sheet tweeted, or maybe it was Bruce Feldman about Urban going to the Chargers. Chargers are the best job. If I was Urban, I'd rather go to the Chargers. But we'll see. I'll believe Urban is going to coach in the NFL when he actually does it. Because, like, what, what the hell is the holdup? Why couldn't he have already signed the contract? What the hell is he waiting for? Uh, some things that are already out there. I mean, Arthur Smith has interviewed or is, will interview with every team in the league. I don't think there is a more interesting candidate than Arthur Smith. Every single team in the NFL has wanted to talk to this guy. I think Robert Sala was like five of the six. But all, every single job interview, Arthur Smith. I don't see how this guy does not get a job. And it's what I've been talking about. Dan Mullen, a report earlier this week that he's going to interview with the Atlanta Falcons. I, I was told by people in the SEC, maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast, if he was offered an NFL coaching job, he will go. So I don't know if he's going to get offered. I actually think he's a pretty good candidate. Offensive guy, can call plays, is a good coach with quarterbacks. Look what he did with Dak Prescott. Look what he did with Kyle Trask. Look what He, he coached Alex Smith. He coached Tim Tebow. His resume is good. I think Dan Mullen's a legitimate candidate. I would be very, if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm having a serious interview with with Dan Mullen. If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm sitting down with Dan Mullen. What if Matt Campbell starts getting in the mix? To me, Matt Campbell is a guy that probably doesn't want his name out there because of recruiting. I'd be a little surprised if he's not interviewing, though. And then kind of the, I think the guy the Jets would, would like would be Pat Fitzgerald. Now, I was told by people that are close with Joe Douglas, and I've mentioned this before, what type coach would he want, and I kind of got, I was told John Harbaugh. Serious, old school, just kind of leader. That's why I do think Robert Sala makes some sense, but Pat Fitzgerald is the ultimate. Joe Douglas worked for the Chicago Bears for a year and got to know Pat Fitzgerald, knows him. And I think he was a college scout forever, so he knows the guy. Now, I've been told the only job Pat Fitzgerald would ever go to and I think it's out there too. It's again, this isn't all. I'm not trying to act like this is secret information. Is the Bears? Uh, Nagy's not going anywhere, so I don't think he's going to leave. But if I was Fitzgerald and I was comfortable with Joe Douglas, to me the Jets make some sense. I I would think long and hard about that. I think Charles Robinson tweeted that Brian Dayball will be the coach, or you know, will, is the logical guy in, in the Texans, not Josh McDaniels. What's Josh McDaniels going to do? He's going to be the coordinator for Belichick till he retires and then just take over? Has he got assurances from, from Kraft, and Jonathan, and Robert that he's going to be their next head coach? Fascinated by that. I don't know the answer. What is up with the Charger job? You know, Marvin Lewis is another name. If I didn't feel great about the candidates I was interviewing, if I was a Joe Douglas, if I was, I guess some of these other jobs don't have GMs either, I would think long and hard about Marvin Lewis. The Bengals the majority of my life were a joke. An absolute laughing stock. From the team was terrible, from the ownership was bad, to guys getting in trouble. He went there, made them legitimate. 
went to the playoffs all the time. Did he win the playoffs? No, he did not. But what he did there, do you know what Zach Taylor would do to have a, a eighth, a tenth of the success Marvin Lewis? Probably like sell a finger. So Mar- Marvin Lewis to me is not a bad candidate. If, if I was looking for a leader, now his question is just, if the team's good and the offense is good, is his coordinator going to leave? And who's going to be his coordinator? Because the one thing that happened to him in Cincinnati is he had some good coordinators and they always left him, right? And it's just hard when you're a CEO-type coach to constantly losing the Zimmers and the Grudens and the Hugh Jacksons. You know, you eventually just run out of guys to hire. You feel are good. But some one of these guys, whether it's a Sala, whether it's a Biennemi, if some Marvin Lewis's and Urban Myers and Dan Mullins get a couple jobs, there aren't going to be, there's not an unlimited amount of seats at the table. There are going to be a couple names where we go, damn, Eric Bieniemy's back with the Chiefs? Because part of the big reason Deshaun Watson's bad right now is they didn't, they're not going to hire Eric Bieniemy. Because Nick Casario is not going to hire Eric Bieniemy. What if the Falcons don't? What if Sala goes to the Lions? What if the Jets hire Dan Mullen? Where's Eric Bieniemy getting a job? What if it's between Arthur Smith and Eric Bieniemy and a job and Arthur Smith gets it? Or vice versa, with Arthur Smith or doesn't get a job? I think we've slotted all these guys in. He just, you never know until this until the situation's dead. And right now, you know, what the hell are the Chargers going to do? I can see the Chargers end up with just a random-ass coach. Okay, National Championship Monday night. We all get special opportunities in our life. Whether it's finally landing a big meeting with someone you want to make a sale to, whether it's finally getting a date with a girl you've been courting for a while, whether it's getting the opportunity to get to the college football playoffs for the second straight year like Justin Fields after having a pretty poor season and take down Clemson. You know, them and Bama, the big bad wolf in college football. And when your opportunity comes, when you get the opportunity to sit in front of that pitch meeting with a CEO with uh, a business deal that would change your life, you know, when you sit down with her over dinner, like, there's your shot. Everyone watched Justin Fields. Like, he got a massive shot. He'd been falling because he hadn't been playing that well. And when I say falling, like, his star had just dimmed. And then he goes out and does that against Clemson. And we all went, oh my God. Zach Wilson's never done anything like that. And everyone was acting like Zach Wilson's the number two pick. The guy just threw six touchdowns against Venables, who makes like $3 million a year. Dabo, who makes like 10. And we know how much the Clemson players make. Now we know Ohio State players make some money too. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they were not supposed to win that game and they kicked their ass. And then he gets Saban in Bama. And the one thing about these primetime games in the playoffs, everyone's watching. No one misses it. We're all judging you a little differently, whether that's fair or not. And the perception of Justin Fields changed dramatically in that one game, and rightfully so. He played against the best the sport has to offer. And he bent him over and kicked the crap out of him. Took him behind the woodshed. You do that back-to-back games, Clemson and Alabama, you're going to rattle some cages in the NFL world. You're going to make scouts go, should I pound the table for this guy? Because you don't get that opportunity. Not every player gets that. Zach Wilson did not get this opportunity. Zach Wilson's best opportunity throughout the season 
was Coastal Carolina. They made the game up on like a Wednesday. And it was cool. And it was fun. Coastal Carolina ain't Clemson and it sure as hell ain't Alabama. I I just, I think that Zach, or excuse me, that Justin Fields has the chance. And you never know who the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. People always say I messed that up. I'm sorry, I'm not. The Jags, I, I could just call them the Jacksonville Irrelevance. But I, I try to get, I'll just call them the Jags. Jaguars, Jaguars. I, it's tough, tough name to say. Uh, they, they, they have the Jags, no offense to any Jags fans out there, but you guys got kind of like a movie. You know when you watch a movie about football and they have, you know, like any given Sunday, the the, the Sharks or whatever, that's how they kind of feel. They're just like, is this serious or is this, is this kind of, uh, is this made up, they make this up in Hollywood. But here's what you can make up, you know, in Hollywood, you write scripts, right? And you couldn't have wrote the script against Clemson any better for Justin Fields. On top of that, he gets hit in the ribs. You can see how much pain he's in. So he battles through the pain. He shows his toughness. Because this year off the field for him has been fantastic. He pounded the table. He wanted to play. He refused to let the media dictate whether it was cool or the, the school president's like, yeah, just sit on the sideline while everyone else is playing. He's like, what? What are we talking about here? Then he comes back, but the season didn't go that well. And man, he took advantage of his first opportunity. I, I say, you don't, not all of us get the opportunity just to begin with. He's getting multiple opportunities. He's getting multiple bites at the apple against the two best, against the two teams. How it works when you're in a scouting office or you're at home and you're evaluating a player, you, go, you don't go to their most productive games. You look at the schedule, whether it's pro scouting or college scouting, who are the toughest opponents? I don't care if you threw six touchdowns against, you know, Boston College, or I guess if you're Ohio State, you know, whoever the crappy teams are in the Big Ten. No one really cares. You get judged on the best opponents. He got He's going to get judged on Northwestern because they have a, NFL players, an NFL-level head coach, and they have a big-time defense. But he's really going to get judged on these two playoff games. And if he can win, he's a massive underdog. If he wins this game against Alabama, it's it would have some parallels to Deshaun Watson. Remember Deshaun Watson that one year they lose to Alabama. He comes back and he beats Alabama in the national championship as a walk-off touchdown. Situations don't exactly parallel themselves. Last year, devastating loss. We can say it was the refs, whatever, against Clemson. Came back in a season that was almost for not. It almost didn't happen for Ohio State. At one point in time, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were not going to play. But once they came back, then it looked like Ohio State wasn't that good. Like, something was off with them. Changed the rules. He got his shot because they weren't even supposed to go to the Big Ten championship game, which I'm glad they changed the rule for because clearly Ohio State's the best team in the con- in the conference. And now he gets a chance to beat Saban. So if I'm in a draft room and I go, what what's the best thing this kid's ever done? I don't know. He just threw uh, 10 touchdowns in two games against Clemson and Alabama and won the national championship and helped carry his team. That's hard to beat. Trevor Lawrence didn't do that ever once. Now, I'm not saying Justin Fields is a better player than Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he'll get drafted ahead of him. But I, I, I do think he has a huge game against Alabama. The discussion is gonna, it's gonna grow a little louder. How about this? There will be a discussion. It, you'd be, 
you could argue it's gross negligence to not have a discussion if he goes and lights Alabama up and they win the national championship. It would be one of the great two, I mean, it would be one of the great playoff runs we've ever seen. It happened to Deshaun Watson. I think looking back on Deshaun Watson, clearly he should have been the first or second pick. Him and Mahomes. If, if we did that draft over again, I'll tell you how it goes. Mahomes goes one, Watson goes two. So, and we almost underestimated what he was doing. And he was lighting up Alabama like a Christmas tree. Well, I, I really hope Fields does it because he. I found, I found an inspirational one last week to watch him playing through injured and throwing those touchdowns against, you know, a coach and another sideline that was kind of talking some shit, acting like they weren't that good. He said, we're not that good? Last I checked, we're Ohio State. I got five stars. I mean, I, I can play anywhere in the country. And we'll see if your guy's better than mine. Because I played him twice, and we could argue he's outplayed him. Now, Trevor Lawrence, if I remember correctly, last year ran for all those yards. This year, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was... If, you, if I just flew in a guy who'd never watched college football and I said, which one of these guys is going to go number one in the draft, you would have said the Ohio State quarterback. Now, it's not the same with Mac Jones, but I think it's the same with the program. Now, Alabama's defense isn't as good, but their program is just elite. It's the best program in college football. It is the factory. He goes and beats them. Changes life forever. Okay, let's go a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff. You guys know the drill. DMs wide open. Two Fs. Two Fs. Um, Fresno State and the Philadelphia Eagles refused to always spell my name wrong on my name tag, you know, they put by your office. So I'd only have one F. It's just, it's little things in life that drive you, right? You, you never forget. You got to keep a chip on your shoulder somehow. Okay, let's start it. John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. DMs wide open. Is it warranted to be nervous about the Packers coming off their bye week? After the last two bye weeks, they got stomped. I think each season is a little bit like scouting a player. They're all their own individual entity. So to me, if you think this team's really good, I think you take your, you know, you'd rather have the bye than not have the bye. You'd rather have home playoff games. You'd rather be playing at Lambeau. You'd rather have home field advantage. Is it right to be nervous? Hell yeah, of course. It's the playoffs. You might play Tampa in the second round. You, you, the, like, right, if it's the Saints, Seattle, you'd play Tampa, who kicked your ass. And you'd go, well, you know, it was one game, but you go, God, you look across, they do have Tom Brady. Yeah, it's, you'd be nervous. I think ideally you want, you want the Rams. Here's what you want if you're a Packer fan. Here's what I'd be rooting for, assuming the Bears can't win. Love my guy Nagy. I don't think they can win the game. I'd be rooting for the Rams dubs at Seattle, Tampa beats Washington, and then boom, you play the Rams, and you get Walford or Jared Goff. Not saying you don't want Tampa, but I don't think you'd mind avoiding them until the NFC Championship game. Big fan of the pod. Appreciate it. Me too. I've been thinking about Aaron Jones's upcoming contract situation relative to Cook and McCaffrey and whatnot. I was wondering if you could see a future in which the NFL makes efforts to tier the bargaining ability of free agents and players to adjust the positional differences in engagement to their body. Running backs are disproportionately disadvantaged in the current system. The mass said it's not worth it to sign them, big-name running backs, to long-term deals, but has a lot to do with the fact that running backs are, on average, have shorter careers than other players. And most often, that not, most, more often than not, you will end up in a Todd Gurley situation if you do a big extension. 
So it seems like running backs are monetarily disadvantaged because of the fact that they are putting their bodies at an increased risk. True. The league takes great steps to protect its star quarterbacks, but I would imagine that running backs, along with receivers, follow closely behind in the star power tier and are basically getting consistently screwed. This probably wouldn't come from the league itself, but the NFLPA. See, I'd push back. I see what you're saying. Wide receivers get a ton of money. Like Amari Cooper makes $20 million a year. And even the running backs, while I agree that's a huge talking point, like PFF and me and just people say don't pay running backs, running backs get paid. Todd Gurley got paid. Zeke got paid. Dalvin Cook got paid. Um, Who am I missing? McCaffrey got paid. Even Le'Veon Bell, he didn't get paid as much. He still got a big contract from the Jets that he's making. You know, he made $28 million over two years. If he would have taken the franchise tag, he would have made basically 40 plus million over three years. You do the math. It's like $13.5 million a year. Pretty good money. So I, I push back a little bit. That's just, I think the Packers just want to invest in other players. That's why they drafted A.J. Dillon. They, it's not that they don't think Aaron Jones is good. You just can't pay everybody. But the notion that running backs don't get paid, kind of a lie. I mean, a lot of guys, running backs are getting huge cash. With the Dolphins having the number three pick and the option to draft one of the top quarterbacks, would it be an idea for the Saints to trade for Tua as his comp coming into the league was Drew Brees? New Orleans has weapons to support Tua and Peyton's offense is focused on accuracy, which is one of Tua's strengths. Rosen got traded for an early second, and with Tua having more... It was actually a late second because it was the it was at the end of the second round. With Tua having more potential with the Saints, a late first rounder would be an appropriate compensation. Yeah, I mean, in theory, a first rounder for Tua, if the Saints, let's say, lose in the NFC Championship game to the Packers and they have pick 28, I, I couldn't trade pick 28 for Tua, not with what I've seen. That, that'd be a pretty bold trade. And I think Miami would get a lot of credit if they were able to trade Tua for a first round pick. I, I think a second round pick is fair. I, I think a second-round pick is very fair. So that that's what I would offer if I was the Saints. Because I would watch the tape, and I, I would struggle. Now, I'm with you. It's a much better scenario or situation. They have a tight end. They obviously have a great receiver. They have a great running back. They have a great coach. But if, if I'm the Saints, I'm offering. I, I'm not offering my first-round pick. Can you please talk about the two-wood Miami having the third overall pick? I mean, this is a huge talking point. You know, I, I know what the the general manager, I think Brian Flores said that two is our quarterback. You know, you guys know where I stand. I judge on actions, not words. They benched him several times. And if, if Fitz hadn't gotten the corona, he would have been benched in the game against the Bills. He would have been three been benched three times in seven games. That would have happened. And I, I put the equivalent he did get benched in the Miami game. They just didn't have or I mean the Bills game. They just didn't have two the Fitz around to to bring him in. So I, I think it's on the table. I think we have to find out who the Jets and Jaguars are. Once we see those two teams and make hires, and, and even the press conferences, right? If whoever's hired with the Jets and whoever's hired with the Jags, what they want, what their background is, I think we'll have a better idea. And then we'll kind of know, you know, what the situation is. Right now, my my guess, uneducated, right, just off what I've seen, I would guess Tua's back, but that would probably be like 40%. And 
and then another 40% would be like them trading him, and another 20% would just be them drafting. I don't even know. I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't thought that much about it because I, I just, I'm already to it out. And maybe the Dolphins are too. How do you feel about the Colts for a long shot to bet win the Super Bowl? I saw some of the odds. They were pretty good. My, my, my main issue, though, is Rivers. When you're the seven seed, you they will not get a home game. And look at all, like the Kansas City. So let's say they upset the Bills. Then they have to go to Kansas City. So their back-to-back games would be the Bills and the Chiefs. Just for them to get to the AFC Championship game would be a mother. And then I don't even know who they'd play. The Titans? The Ravens? They'd probably be an underdog in that game too, though their two wins would be incredible. I don't... If their path was a little different, I could see it. To me, if they were, if they had, if they were the four seed like the Titans... And playing the Ravens, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed. But given they're the seven seed, two outdoor games and cold weather situations, I I have a hard time with that one, man. I I, I really do. Mainly because of Rivers. Uh, my brother and I are lifelong Chiefs fan, and we like to argue a lot. Me too. I love to argue. One of our recent arguments is whether Mahomes is athletic or not. One of my stupid brothers does not believe that Mahomes is a top-five athletic quarterback while I believe he is. I know he's not Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but he always seems to be able to scramble and run for first downs. His arm talent also has to be a result of athleticism as well. My list, Jackson, Murray, Watson, Wilson, Mahomes. What do you think? Uh, Well, you're right. Your brother's wrong. Mahomes is a big-time athlete. Russell Wilson is not the athlete that he used to be. He's much more muscle-bound. He's not as fast. Like, Josh Allen is a better athlete than Mahomes. Cam Newton, I would say, is a better athlete than Mahomes. Uh, Now, his injuries have probably caught up to him. Ryan Tannehill is an excellent athlete. So I don't know if he's a top-five quarterback athlete, and part of it is just the nature of the position. Dak Prescott, there are just some very, very athletic quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Carson Wentz is a big-time athlete. Jalen Hurts is a big-time athlete. But... He is, an, he is a very good athlete for a quarterback. Like you said, he's not an elite athlete for a quarterback, but he's well above the mean. He's well above the average quarterback. And in the modern-day game, though, you know, it, more and more of these guys come in the league, he'll probably be, you know, middle, middle of the road. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, look at the guys come in the league. But yeah, your brothers are wrong. He's a big-time athlete. And I'm with you. Part of throwing the ball you know, is an athletic move. What are the odds that we get a team back to St. Louis? There's a great football town. It was decent even when the Rams were awful. When the XFL played here for a game, it was electric. We are hungry for some football. You can't tell me Jacksonville and Cincinnati deserve a team, but the Saints do not. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I don't know much about the St. Louis market. I actually think I've, I've never been to St. Louis, been to Kansas City, uh, but... You could argue that it's a better market than, than Jacksonville for sure. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's an underrated market. But I, who are they going to move? Like the, the Bengals aren't moving uh, unless they sell, which is, you know, you never know with Mike Brown. I'm not saying now, but just in years coming, right, in the next decade. Uh, to me, Jacksonville probably goes to London. 
So yeah, I, I I haven't read or heard anything about NFL expansion or movement lately. It's kind of been all quiet on that front, and part of that's Corona, right? Like you're not going to move until everything settles down. There's not going to be an if there is an NFL move, it's not going to be for years. I'm a lifelong Vikings fan and curious as to what you think of their next move should be besides continuing to build the defense. I know that D can be good under Zimmer, and the offense can be potent as well. What do you think is missing for them to be successful? Well, two things. One is their pass rush, when their defense was good, was fantastic. Everson Griffin and Hunter were a dominant force. And they didn't have any of those guys, right? Hunter got hurt, cut Griffin or traded him. Can't even remember, but he wasn't on the team. I think he he played for the Cowboys and he played for the Lions this year. They traded for Ndokwe, they, they traded him. You need to have a good defensive line. You're not going to find many good defenses without good defensive lines. Just goes, look back at the great defenses in the history of the league, and definitely just the last like 20 years, they've all had good defensive lines. you got to put pressure on the quarterback. Even if you have Deion Sanders, Richard Sherman, Ed Reed, and Earl Thomas in the defensive backfield. You need to have a good defensive line. So I would say that they got to get better defensive linemen. And they need Hunter to be back and be healthy. Uh, the Chargers are officially interested in Urban Meyer. Are the Chargers a playoff lock and the biggest roadblock to Patrick Mahomes next season if they get Meyer? Yeah, I'd say in theory, yes. But Urban's never coached in the pros. Who are his coordinators? Uh, you know, who's his offensive coordinator? I think we have an idea, you know, what type of offense Urban likes to do. But who's his defensive coordinator? Again, he's never coached against these guys. I think Urban's fantastic. I think he'd be really good. But there still is a level of unknown. For as much as everyone did, including myself, was like blowing Matt Rule, they lost eight straight games this year. The, the, the Panthers were not very good. Not very good at all. We just weren't really paying attention. Now, their talent is dramatically better with the Chargers. But is he just going to come in the league and win 12 games? He should. There would be a ton of pressure on him. So yeah, they they would be an immediate, I wouldn't say roadblock. The Chiefs are a roadblock for everybody. I would say they would be a team the Chiefs would have to immediately take seriously. Not that they already don't because of Herbert, but they, they would really like, they'd be a team that could compete with him for sure. If Urban was as good as he was in college, which... You know, if he was coaching Texas, I'd be like, yeah, Texas is going to be a national championship type team in the next couple of years. Pros, I just, we'll see. You know, it's just different. There's a learning curve. You know, treating players that now officially get paid and that make more money than you and are more famous than you, it's a, it's a little different. So, I, I, I hope he goes to the Chargers. That's where me personally, I want him to go. I want to watch him coach the Chargers. Everyone in the league has told me they think he's going to go to Jacksonville if he does come back. We'll just have to wait and see. I think the Chargers would be the most fascinating thing to watch, given their talent. Appreciate everyone listening. Everyone have a good weekend. Enjoy the playoff games. Enjoy the national championship. And uh, just enjoy football. Thank God football's in our life. And I will talk to everyone a little bit later. Have a great weekend. Adios. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases 
you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.